Well, babe, we watched Home Alone 2 as a family tonight. Right. So you know it's the Christmas season. <laughs> because we're watching Christmas movies? That's right. All right. Next week, Die Hard. Classic I'm, I Christmas, hear it's a Christmas movie. movie. I don't know. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about I tonight. don't know why you brought that up. <laughs> because I heart Christmas. Yes, you do. It's great. Let's get into not that. Before we jump into today's episode, we just wanted to share a few things with you. First, we'd like you to like this episode and then subscribe to our podcast. If you're doing that on YouTube, also hit the bell notification so that you know when we post anything new and then share this with somebody that you feel like would be this would be beneficial for. That's right. If you would like to support our show further, uh, we would welcome that. You are welcome to do that at anchor.fm slash marriage by design to check out your options for supporting the program financially. Otherwise, guys, the links to our social media are always in the description of every video, so feel free to check those out there. And now, let's get to the show. Hey, everybody. I'm Andrea Warnock. I'm Santa Claus. This is Nathan Warnock. Right. And you've reached us for Marriage Monday on the Marriage by Design podcast. At least that's what I'm here for. I don't know what Nathan's here for. We'll see when, when he starts talking. <laughs> oh, oh, this, oh. Marriage by Design is typically a time where we talk to you about God's design for marriage, how he lays that out in the scripture, and then how we live that out practically. That's right. And uh, we have been on Marriage Monday throughout this third season of the show talking about various uh, passages of the Bible that talk about marriage. We kind of have gone sort of back to basics. Uh, seasons one and two, we, we did a lot of practical marriage shows. We talked about love and respect. We talked about the five love languages. We talked about marriage generally, gave our backstory, uh, kind of all that stuff. And then we got to the end of season two and thought, man, there are so many couples we talk to that don't know some of the most basic scriptures about marriage. Um, and so we wanted to go back through and talk about marriage. You're laughing. Was this? <laughs> what? Did you fart? No. <laughs> oh, it smells like it. <laughs> so this actually brings up a little Warnock inside baseball. Sorry. Not that inside. That would be gross. Uh, but <clears throat> Ryan, our daughter has inherited something from her mom. And that something from that she inherited from Andrea is both of the two of them were born with poo particles in their noses. Like, right up in there. <laughs> so, so uh, Andrea, like, at least once a day, is like, Nathan, do you, do you smell poop? Does it smell like poop here? Like, no, it doesn't smell like poop. And now Ryan's doing that. Like, <laughs> no joke. I'm like at least once a day when I'm around her, she's like, "Dad, you smell like poop." Like, no, I don't. I took a shower. I don't think you do. I, no, I don't. I, that's even on the that the day each week when I wipe. Oh, gross. What? Uh, yeah, I, Andrea and Ryan are uh, they're who knows people <laughs> so there's right. that so no i didn't fart <laughs> as i was saying so super maturely 
Okay, if you're watching the video, okay. Andrew's about to fall out of her chair. <clears throat> so we decided, because there are so many couples that don't know even some of the most basic scriptures about marriage, we wanted to go through and take a look at what the Bible actually says about marriage. And uh, that's what we've been doing so far this season and are going to continue doing that. And and today we're going to talk about a passage in Ephesians starting in chapter 5. And this is going to cover several weeks uh, because it's uh, 20 verses 22, really 21 through 33. And Paul, the way Paul writes... Each of his epistles, and Ephesians is, is a letter from Paul, uh, he, he starts the first half of each letter by really digging into doctrine. Like, this is what it means to worship God. Uh, this is what Jesus' death and resurrection meant. This is, what, this is how it impacts your life at a spiritual level. Then he transitions, usually with the word therefore, at some point in the middle of the book, and transitions to practical um, so, in the book of Ephesians, uh, starting in chapter 4, he, the, the first two words are, I therefore, and then he goes on to talk to them. In verse five, in chapter 5, it starts with, therefore, be imitators of God. And he's going to move forward and continue that, that theme. So, the, the passage we're going to talk about over the next several weeks is the back half of chapter 5 in Ephesians. And it's where... Paul's addressing the church in Ephesus, and he's talking to them about what the marriage relationship was designed to look like. And if you've listened to Marriage by Design for very long, you know that we come back to this passage frequently because it is a foundational verse with regards to understanding what marriage is. So if you have an opportunity to talk to your kids or your your friends who are going through the process of, of considering getting married, take them to this passage because this is really foundational about what marriage is. So we're going to talk through it. Um, This first portion today, we're going to take verses 22, 23, and 24 because they all revolve around the same topic. And we're going to read those verses right now. So in Ephesians chapter five, verse 22 through 24 reads like this, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband's the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now, before you click out of this channel, uh, never to return, I want to talk about not necessarily practically what does this look like in our lives. We've actually done... At least least one series on that particular thing. So I'm not necessarily looking to talk today about practically what does it look like for wives to submit to their husbands. Um, I can assure you, if you go back and listen to our series on that, what it really means at the core is wives submit to your husbands. That's, That's really what it means. Um, and we talked, you know, practically, if you go back just one verse and remember these subheadings, like the one that's right before verse 22 were added by humans, right? Paul didn't, didn't subdivide his letter. It was just a letter. So the verse 21 says it's, he's finishing a run on clause as Paul is uh, wanted to do. But in verse 21, it says submitting to one. He's talking about how should we, we be walking, Um, as followers of God. And he says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
So, excuse me. <laughs> so, as he's talking about what it looks like to be a member of this body of Christ, we are to be submitting to one another. Well, that begs the question, well, what does that look like within the marriage relationship? Because the marriage relationship isn't the same as the, as a, as the church at large. Mm -hmm. So in the marriage unit where the two have become one, as Genesis two makes clear, there has to be someone that has the final say and the Lord gives that responsibility to the husband. And uh, again, go back and listen to our uh, submission piece to have a little bit better understanding of practically what that looks like. Today, I don't want to talk about how that works. I want to focus more on the pondering the question of why. Why is it that God created this relationship, marriage, and then directs one party, one half of that relationship to submit, right? Place themselves willingly under the authority of another. Couldn't it be, or, or, or maybe shouldn't it be, and who are we to double, double guess God, but while we're pondering this, wouldn't it have been an okay system to just have guys and girls individually worshiping the Lord and serving him on their own? And then occasionally God selects two to come together and have a baby and then that baby's raised by the church and then it goes into its own service of God or storks deliver babies or writes God. So he could have done it however he wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I think it begs the question of, well, why this? Because when you just read this, it sounds like women are less preferred than men inside of this relationship. And so when we ponder that question, I think it's okay to say, well, why, God, did you do that? And I think there's a clear answer to that. And I think that answer is laid out in a combination of the remainder of this chapter five, coupled with what we know previously about the marriage relationship, primarily from Genesis two. Mm -hmm. So when we, when we consider this as wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord, so implied in that is wives are first and foremost called to a submission relationship to Christ. Men, we're also called to this submission relationship to Christ. And the question is, well, okay, so we're both called to that relationship. Then the, verse 23 says, for the husband is the head of the wife. Okay. Even as, or like as, or in the same way as, or like an example of uh, Christ, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. So wives are submitting to their husbands as to the Lord because in the marriage relationship, the husband is set up by God as the head of that body. Because remember, when we become married, when we go back and look at Genesis the 2, two become one. the two become one. Mm -hmm. So it's one flesh. So when he says here, uh, the even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, so the church is the body of Christ, in a similar way, in your marriage, 
the husband is the head of that body that's been created when you and your husband came together in marriage. So uh, you're called to submission to him as the head of that body that is your marriage. Uh, and says then, as Christ himself is its savior. Then verse 24 says, now as the Christ, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. So the picture that we have going on here is a picture of you as a wife submitting to your husband as the church is called to submit to Christ. And I really want to hit on that because I think it's key to understanding what salvation truly means to us as human beings. And I'm concerned that sometimes we don't do a good enough job as Christians of really helping new believers uh, or, or maturing believers to understand that this relationship that we enter into when we become a Christian is at its core a submission relationship. So, and it's been that way from the very beginning. Christ created, right? John 1, 1 makes it clear Jesus was there from the beginning. So Christ, Jesus the Son, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, they're all there creating from the beginning. And there's sort of this understanding that we have because we're created with it in our heart that if I create something, it is subservient to me because if I created it, right? I mean, there's something patently chaotic and bizarre about, Mm -hmm. you know, me creating a car and then when I get in it and go to drive it, the car just, does whatever it wants to do Mm -hmm. right we'd all go well either the creator was an idiot or the car is is patently defective and worthless in the same way god creates adam and even before he created man and woman he's having this conversation with jesus and the holy spirit and he's saying let's make man in our image right to rule over the earth and subdue it Right. So uh, they're going to put man in the Garden of Eden, but man has a job, right? Well, jobs don't just pop out of thin air. Jobs exist because someone created that job. And in this case, God creates this garden and everything in it, and he has a role for Adam. As Genesis makes it clear, God walked with Adam in the cool of the evening. And uh, I think it's not a leap to go, well, he's both walking with Adam as one that he loves and walking with Adam as a manner of discipling Adam in caring for the garden that he put him in here to care for. So from the very beginning, Adam's relationship to God is one of submission. And when we come to Genesis 3, the fall of man, we realize that really at the end of the day, the fall had a lot to do with rebellion, the opposite of submission, right? Adam and Eve, Eve first and then Adam alongside her, fell into this trap that the serpent presented of, well, this relationship that God has made for you, it's not good enough. He's hiding the ball from you, right? There's 
uh, there's more to it than this. And if you rebel against this authority, this submission relationship you've been placed into, your life can be so much better. And at the end of the day, their lives became exponentially worse because they refused to allow that submission relationship to uh, define their lives. They wanted something more. When we look at Lucifer, we see the same thing, right? right? L- Lucifer, not a, not a human being, but a created being right. to God. He didn't want to submit to the... That's right. Right. He's there to serve so God. He was, he was created as an angel, um, a, a beautiful angel, and he wanted to not submit to that authority of the Lord, and he wanted to be just as powerful as the Lord, and, and what... That's right. No, you're you're nailing it. Oh, it looks like you were going to say something. Yeah, uh, I was agreeing. Ju- he he wanted to be like God and right. became jealous of that and and really tried to kind of usurp that authority of God and he was kicked out of heaven and and he and a whole host of other angels were kicked out of heaven and became uh well, damned to hell, but ultimately, right in the end. But for a time, they Satan and his and his cohorts get to um, run wild on the earth, and um, but he didn't want to submit to that authority of the Lord, and really, in the end, will pay immensely for that right and you can find the summary of that story in the book of jude um but i mean that that really him being cast out of heaven then you go back to genesis and you see stories that can be kind of difficult for us to understand but where the other angels that were kind of cast out with him as part of this rebellion against the most high god begin lusting after human women and having children with those human women and creating this sort of um impure angel human crossbreed called the nephilim and ultimately that's going to be a a significant piece of the reason why god brings the flood Um, but the point is not the particulars of the nephilim or not although that would be fun to talk about the point is that submission and rebellion have very real effects and our relationship with God in fact all beings relationship with God is a relationship of submission as of a created being to the one that created them so when we look at to bring it back to Ephesians 5 the relationship of the wife to the husband is a mirror image of our relationship as the church to to Christ. And that is one that can be defined as bondservant, slave. um, Those are good words. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, those are the words that James and Paul use to Mm -hmm. describe themselves. And you may be listening to this and going, okay, this is not getting better uh, with regards to thinking about wives. Well, in a vacuum, that doesn't sound like a very good relationship because, uh, I mean, particularly our United States of American sensibilities, we don't like to think about things that involve slavery or really anything that infringes on my personal autonomy. But 
the reality of the matter is we're called to a relationship of submission before the Lord. Both me and Andrea are. She's further called in our marriage to a relationship of submission to me. But as we will see in the coming weeks, the calling I have with regards to her is equally as challenging and equally as serious. And if both Andrea and I can get this relationship in right standing before the Lord, it is the most fulfilling of relationships because it's the one that most closely aligns with the spiritual reality of our relationship with God. And I think it's by design that Paul starts with the calling on wives because it's one that Paul, I think, understood his audience in Ephesus would understand because he's sitting here going, this is what I've been telling you about for the first four and a half chapters um, of submission to the Lord. And this is what the Lord did for us. And this is why we uh, bow our knee to him and submit our lives to him. And then he's a good God and he loves us and he cares for us. And um, we are. A, it's a matter of faith that we trust him by submitting our entire beings to him as a condition of our salvation. And, and I really feel like a difficult thing within the within Christian discussion is the difference between salvation and this whole, even the demons believe and they shudder, you know, reference. Mm -hmm. And when I think about that for me, and I would be curious in what your thoughts are on this, babe, but for me, the difference is that your belief leads you to action. So the action, our actions that we do, there's nothing we can do that's going to be good enough to get us in to heaven, period. We, we, uh, we qualify for eternity with Christ on the basis of faith alone in Christ alone, period. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but the kind of faith that the Bible talks about produces action, produces action not maybe, it does. Right. So if we're claiming faith in Christ, but there's no submission to him in our daily lives, right? We're happy to just continue rebelling against him in whatever form that looks like. And I'm not talking about, hey, I continue to have these temptations that I struggle with, right? We, we all are going to have temptations. And in fact, Jesus did too. The Bible makes it clear that he was tempted in all ways and yet did not sin. Mm -hmm. So for us to be tempted is human, right? There are certain temptations that my flesh desires and continues to desire after I submitted my life to Christ. But the submission is that I don't just go, well, I, I don't even, I'm not even going to try and fight these things because I like them, mm -hmm. right? It's that I have submitted to God as my creator and the Holy Spirit inside of me empowers me to battle against those temptations. Do I always win? No. I sin the same as you do and you do and, and we all do. But I am empowered to battle against that and I'm not okay with it when I do sin, 
because it breaks relationship with the Lord, as opposed to, yeah, I believe, you know, in God. Well, but what about these known sin issues that you're just actively operating in? That situation is a is a sort of a horse of a different color. Mm. Um, I, I believe that when we truly submit to God, the actions will follow as a as a condition precedent to that kind of submission to the Lord. Do you would you agree with that? Sure. Yeah, I uh like you were saying, you know, even the demons believe and there just clearly then is the difference between believing with your head like yes, I believe that this happened. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for sin. And this was a historical event. That was the purpose of it. Right. There's a difference between that and believing, uh, you know, really in the lordship of Christ. Right. And and allowing the Lord to sit on the throne of your life and and giving him, yeah, lordship over your life. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a hard line because there is a difference. Yeah. Between factually believing and having a belief and an understanding of I'm putting my pride aside. I can't save myself. I need a savior. I think, I think, I think that's the leap is maybe that's the leap is I need a savior and this is it. Right. Yeah. And, and I, it strikes me and I, and I'm, I just want to throw this out there because it just hits me, but the demons not just believe, I mean, they know of the existence of God and yet they choose to do evil before him. That's not stumbling into sin. That's, Actively choosing yeah. to make yourself an enemy to God, right? Well, so even as even so much as Satan has, even after he was kicked out of heaven, been in the presence of the Lord. Right, we know that from the Book from of Job. Job. We right. know that. That's right. Maybe more than once. Right. And so he knows the. He knows the Lord, and he know you know he knows God, and he knows. the character of God and and the awe of the Lord and still chooses to make himself an enemy of that. And I think that's crazy. I I mean, I mean, it's like crazy to think of, but if I am in a situation where I'm claiming that I believe Christ, but I'm choosing to continue in an affair or uh, I'm choosing to go against what uh, re- reject so as a wife. I'm choosing to continually reject and usurp my husband's mm. authority. Again, I'm not talking about stumbling into these things because you get emotional. I'm talking about making a choice to go, hey, this part that I know is true about the Bible or this truth that I know is true about God, I'm not going to do that. Man, it kind of strikes me that that is 
more closely aligned with the position the demons take than with the position that would in any way resemble Christians in the Bible. Yeah. I mean, man, that's, that should be convicting for any of us. But, but, but I, you know, really more than anything else, I don't, I don't want people to fool themselves, right? I mean, I want, we should be taking inventory. If you claim the name of Christ and you claim to be a Christian, I, I mean, one, Man, I hope you're taking seriously knowing what God says in the Bible, because how will you know if you're aligning with his will or not if you don't know what it says? And two, are you submitting to that? Right? I mean, as the Holy Spirit lays things on your heart, as you read through the, the Holy Scripture and as you pray and, and the Holy Spirit goes, man, this isn't God honoring, then you have a choice. Am I going to continue to openly rebel in that or am I going to submit. And to bring it full circle back to Ephesians 5, what Paul is saying is if as a wife you have a rebellious spirit against your husband, you're going to kill your marriage. You can't honestly say you have a marriage if you a godly marriage if you're not willing to abide by God's precepts for marriage. Just like we can't say we have a relationship with Christ if we're not willing to submit our lives in all ways to Christ. That's not going to end well with regards to our relationship with Christ, and your marriage is not going to end well knowing that Christ has called you into what's really a a privileged position. You're a picture of the church's submission before a holy God, um, and you may be going, oh man, well, but God deserves my submission and my husband's a bozo. But maybe. Right. But also, you just sort of said an oxymoron thing because Christ is worthy of your submission, and it is submission to Christ that means submission to your husband. So if you're not submitting to your husband, you're not submitting to Christ. Period. Because Paul's speaking through the influence of the Holy Spirit here and giving a directive, wives, submit to your husbands. So that's the word of God. And 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 it's not like submit if he's respectable. That's right. Unconditional submission. There is a condition. Because our, and we were just dealing with an issue of this with somebody else. Because our priority should always be god and then our spouse right okay um if there is a husband who's saying your submission requires sin that's not then in that in that circumstance you would not your submission to christ like your submission supersedes your submission to your exactly yep yeah yeah so in that circumstance then you wouldn't submit to your husband. Yeah. And also in that circumstance, not overall in your marriage. Right. And and also the Bible does not teach that submission means putting yourself or your children in harm, physical harm. Um, So, you know, submission never looks like being okay with physical abuse for yourself or your kids. That's not, that's just not that because I've heard that, used by frankly some abusive people that belong in prison 
so if you find yourself in an abusive situation, please get the police involved, uh, get somewhere safe, um, separate yourself and your children for the sake of, of, of them, uh, and for the sake of their mom or dad, depending on who the, the victim of the abuse is. So, um, but, uh, submission does mean, uh, wives should, should, should submit in everything to their husbands. So, uh, that does, like you said, it's not just, Hey, if he makes a decision you agree with, it doesn't even mean, Hey, if he makes a decision that he's checked with you about before. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, this is why we need to be so careful as women on who we choose to hitch our wagons to in marriage, because mm-hmm. once you're hitched, you're hitched. Um, and if those horses are going off the rails and you're the cart and you're hitched to them, you're going They're off the off rails. The um, so, uh, you know, if you're dating or engaged, please, please keep that in mind as well. But this really is a position of, of honor. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of bozos out there I, for husbands. I count myself probably among them a lot of times. Um, and it does take some submission to Christ, uh, in order for Andrea to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to to submit to me in the times when I go, hey, I, I'm I'm I need to take a stand on this thing, mm-hmm. um, and guys, I'm getting to you. Um, so we'll we'll be dealing with with husbands here over the next couple of weeks. So, wives, this is not a like submit, and that's well, the yeah. final word. <laughs> Um, so please uh, join us again over the next couple of weeks and we will talk about God's calling through Paul in Ephesians 5 to husbands as well. But for wives, I hope uh, if you are a wife or are considering being a wife and you're watching this video or listening to this podcast, I hope that this stirs up in you some thinking about not only your potential role or actual role as a wife in a marriage, but also what your relationship with Christ looks like. And if you're a husband and you're watching this or listening to this, I hope it rattles you in the same way. Um, is your relationship with Christ one that is marked by submission? Uh, and if it's not, if it's marked by op- particularly open rebellion before the Lord, I would encourage you reach out to us, reach out to a pastor, reach out to um, a God-fearing individual in your life and talk this through with them because I don't want anyone fooling themselves into thinking that they're submitted to Christ when in fact they're not. Yeah. Um, and uh, and the same way for, for wives, for their husbands. So, Good stuff. Any final words on that, babe? Nope. Not okay. Great. All right. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you being here. I know this episode got just a, a tad long, but I uh, appreciate you sticking with us. Um, we uh, may or may not have time to get a family Friday put together by Friday. If we do not, uh, then we'll try and get it out to you uh, next week, but we will have a marriage Monday coming out for you next week. We're going to be start talking about Ephesians five, starting in verse 25 husbands. We will be getting critical with regards to your relationship and my relationship in the marriage. So until then guys, thanks so much for joining us. And remember God is for your marriage. Have a great week.